Hello, welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja, and today I'll briefly talk about a very important issue that came up about a week ago on Facebook. One of my Facebook friends posted uh, a brief note about why is it that not many female Muslim scholars are mentioned in Muslim records or in the public domain or are discussed. And she wanted to know the opinion of, of course, her friends. And what surprised me the most was the responses that came to that query, mostly from men. But by and large, all the responses, first of all, took on uh, an aura of authenticity and expertise. But the conclusion was that maybe we shouldn't read women of that time uh, anachronistically. Maybe they were more domestic at that time. Some comments were like, why do we expect the Muslim women to have had the same history as Western women? But to my surprise, none of the responses that I read were actually really informed about the history of female scholars from Islam. So I kind of gave my opinion there, but I thought I should take a few moments to at least introduce two works. One I already have a lecture on, which is Fatima Marnisi's book, Women in Islam. But the other, which is called, called Al-Muhaddisat, right? The Women Scholars in Islam, published by a renowned Muslim scholar, Dr. Nadwi. So today I'll briefly introduce this particular book uh, so that you know, more people can benefit from it, but also know some actually researched history about the presence of female scholars in Islamic jurisprudence, and especially in the knowledge of Hadith, right? The sayings and collections of sayings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. So the book is entitled Al-Muhaddisat, or Al-Muhaddithat, if you want to say it in Arabic, The Women Scholars in Islam. And this volume that I'm talking about is just the introductory volume in which Dr. Muhammad Akram Nadavi, who is a, an alumnus of Nadwatul Ulama, Lucknow, and a really well-known scholar of Hadith and Islam, have quite a few other works too, in this particular volume, he is just introducing his method of research, his method of retrieving these accounts of women scholars, right? And then he has a very ambitious project of eventually publishing 40 volumes on all the women who are mentioned in Islamic jurisprudence as scholars of Hadith, as scholars who taught, sometimes taught the caliphs, and who held their own schools, held their own classes. So this volume is an introduction to that. Now, thankfully, this particular volume is available as a free download on archive.org, and I'll post a link to that in the description. But I highly encourage to 
all those right who are interested in muslim history or those who are muslims and want to know more about the contribution of women not towards public life or private life but also as scholars religious scholars to read this book now do keep in mind that the title of the book is really interesting too because there is a travel map on it and if you look at it this travel map is probably more extensive that than that of Ibn Battuta right who is the most famous medieval muslim traveler and an account of his travels is pretty much translated in all major languages but this travel map and i'm reading now from the description of the book shows the study journey of Fatima bint Saad al-Khair and her principal students she moved from valencia with her merchant scholar father to china then traveled back westward settling longest in baghdad she taught thereafter in cairo where she died in 600 after hijra right now no one in my immediate vicinity in my entire life has ever told me about Fatima bint al-Khair we were never taught about her we never knew about her and part of the reason is that in my opinion not in dr nadwi's opinion i don't know his opinion is because men were recording these histories men were recording the religious texts right and they defaulted on men right now The introduction to the book is pretty interesting because Dr. Nadwi goes out of his way to basically tell us that we cannot judge the rights of women in Islam from a western point of view. He also would openly tell you that he is not a feminist, right? But what his quest was to go and see whether or not there were female scholars in the Islamic classical texts and to his surprise he found more than 4000 of them who are not just named right who are recorded as being teachers whose celebi are available in the records some of them he reproduces in this book so his method of research was to first see the mentions of the names of women then go and try to see where they lived those are also recorded who did they teach what did they teach what level of expertise did they have so he has done all that research to present us in the first volume some major scholars from islamic history who were women but were also hadith scholars were respected right were quoted by male scholars of their times right and that is what you will find in this volume now towards the end you know he gives us all the aspects of debates between men and women um and then how much of an influence did these female scholars have not just on their own students but on the debates of the hadith along with debates between women and men scholars and i think it is crucial for all muslims but also those who are interested in islam to read books such as this because the histories that are provided to us and that we read are so often 
gendered and recorded by men that women are just kind of, you know, a second mention. And the only two prominent women that we know of from Islamic tradition is, of course, Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa, to whom quite a lot of ahadith are attributed, and Hazrat Rabia Basri, who was a saint, right? And it would be important for us to explore this book and go and find out more about contribution of women towards Islamic jurisprudence, but knowledge of hadith and sunnah. And what it will do then is quite a lot of things. First, it will complicate the male-centric view of Quranic and Hadith interpretation, which is considered the province of men, right? But it would also give our young women, Muslim women, wherever they live, these role models, these precedences to argue, right, for their own place in their communities as scholars, as those who can interpret the religion and teach it, right? And that is absolutely crucial. And I do highly recommend that you should read this book alongside Fatima Marnisi's Women in Islam because in that she actually goes and traces the history, narration history of one particular hadith that men mobilize to tell women that they can't have a role in the public sphere and that is crucial to understand it also the book also breaks certain myths about islamic historiography and could be troubling to people who have this romantic view of early islam so keep that in mind but with this brief introduction i have not gone into the book i just wanted you to know that the book is available that it is important right and that it pretty much covers contributions of women in different traditions, but also how they are cited in the you know, established Hadith books and cited by male scholars. And I hope, you know, if when you go and read the book, of course, you will have better views than mine. My job was not to explain the book. I don't have the expertise of, to do that, but just to introduce that it exists, that it is available, and that we all should try to carefully read it. That's all. Thank you so much for your time, and I will now see you next time. Until then, peace and love.